God is not a God of disorder or confusion, but is the God of peace. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. We also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable, and you will do well to pay attention to it as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning stars rise in your hearts. You are tuning into the Tribe of Christians podcast with host Brandon Dawson, the chief sinner, bringing you a peace of mind, clarity, insight, and perspective to the world you live in by the word of God, featuring the latest updates on end time prophecy news. Don't Don't forget forget to subscribe to the the Tribe of Christians Christians broadcast, either on Stitcher, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Facebook, or YouTube at tribeofchristians.com. Without further ado, here is your host and teacher, The Chief Sinner. Welcome and thank you for tuning in to the Tribe of Christians podcast. I'm your host and teacher, Brandon Dawson. I'm going to reveal prophetic insight as to the truth behind the Russian invasion of Ukraine, what's really occurring and why it's occurring, its connection to Israel and the Middle East, how this will impact the United States and the world's economy, and its pretext behind the Ezekiel 38 coming war of Gog and Magog. According to various sources and the Biden administration, Russia has amassed more than 150,000 troops to the Ukrainian-Russian border and another 30,000 troops in Belarus along its borders with Russia. There have been several talks with Russia from various nations in an attempt to broker a peace deal to prevent a Russian invasion of Ukraine, but so far, none of these talks have resulted in a de-escalation. NATO and the United States believe that Russia is adding even more troops to an invasion is more likely to occur. Now, there have been a lot of videos and blogs out there attempting to explain from a worldly and historical perspective on Russia and Putin's interest in Ukraine. Almost every news media personality and commentator out there has voiced their opinion on it, and so far, none of these videos or blogs I have read have touched anywhere near close as to what's really occurring and why it's occurring. Now, most of the consensus sees that Russian's Vladimir Putin obsession with Ukraine as a horrible joke comparing to his attentions equivalent to a stalker ex-boyfriend who can't get over an ended relationship. Now, the Bible tells us in Ecclesiastes 1.9, what has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. And there is nothing new under the sun. Now, what is occurring with Russia And what will soon occur, I believe, with China has in fact happened before through other nations. There is a very identical pattern that uh, that has occurred in the Old Testament concerning the nation of Israel with Babylon, Assyria, and Egypt, I believe gives us a better understanding behind what's taking place and why it's happening. And if this pattern is true, and is indeed what is actually occurring, then these events will go beyond Ukraine. It's a lot more than Putin's interest in the Soviet Union. And there will be a lot more to this than what we're seeing now, especially concerning China and Taiwan. And rather you are for or against the military support of Ukraine, what if I told you that Russia and China are God's answer to the evil and corruption that's occurring in governments as Babylon and Assyria were the answer to the horrific corruption that occurred in Israel? 
So we're going to go ahead and turn to Ezekiel chapter 16. Ezekiel chapter 16 for your reference. Now, the prophet Ezekiel served as a prophetic bridge filling in the gap between prophet Jeremiah and the prophet Daniel concerning the exile of Israel. Now, the Lord announced a decree of judgment upon Israel through a 70-year period of captivity, he announced to the prophet Jeremiah, where Israel would be exiled from their land. Now, this is where we actually, in fact, begin the entire prophetic timeline. It serves as a foundation point for biblical end times prophecy that prophetic teachers use to this very day. This is where it all comes from. This is what Jesus referenced to according to Matthew 24. And this is what Paul's reference is to in 2 Thessalonians concerning the Antichrist and the lawless one. And so all of this deals with the sin, the desolation, and the restoration of Israel. The Lord's very inheritance where he will rule and judge the nations. It's the very center of the entire gospel message that deals with the governments of nations that goes all the way back before Sodom and Gomorrah, back to Noah, and even back pre-flood to the time of the Tower of Babel. And so there was a reason why God chose the Assyrians. There was a reason why he chose Babylon and the Persians, the Greeks, and the, Romans Empire, the Roman Empire. There's a reason why he chose those specific nations as instruments of his judgment against Israel and the nations. It wasn't just a random choice. And understanding why God actually chose those very nations will give you a deeper understanding as to why God is choosing, why he's using Russia. Why Russia? Why China? And behind the War of Gog and Magog. And this will give us a better understanding as to what is happening today behind Russia and China. It will serve as the pretext behind the coming war of Gog and Magog. And so when you think of end-time prophecy, most people think of the visions that the prophet Daniel had. We think of the four beasts, which represented the four major empires. We think of the Antichrist, the mark of the beast. And we think of the false prophet and the prostitute the Bible calls Mystery Babylon. Now, since the very beginning, there has always been a war, a wager, and the enemies fight to steal our love and affection away from God, away from the truth, to capture the lust and desire of our hearts that we would be led into sin and captivity away from God's original purpose for His, which was made and designed specifically for Him. We were made and designed for God. We were made in the image of God, male and female, designed to be conformed to his very image, the very object of his affection, his love through his son Jesus. Now, Revelation 12 tells us that when the dragon, that ancient serpent who's called the devil, was hurled out of heaven and onto the earth, he went off to wage war with the descendants and heirs of God's kingdom. And so this is done the way that Satan does it is through the spirit of idolatry. Satan getting God's people, God's nation, the ones who bear his very name and image, Israel, and Christians. To commit idolatry, the way he does it through the to get them to commit the, the worship of anything that is other than God, to lust after their own desires, to corrupt their beauty into arrogance and pride, in which throughout the entire Bible God likens it to the to prostitution and adultery. And so this is what has occurred in Israel. When we come back to the book of Ezekiel, Israel fell into Satan's trap, into idolatry and their lust after the other nations. God anointed Israel and set them aside to be different than the nations, to be holy, to stand out as a light to the world, a testament of the truth, a symbol of purity in the essence of God. 
Now, Satan was able to successfully tempt and corrupt the nation of Israel through the lust of other nations. Israel said was wanting not to be different, but to look like what all the other nations look like. The other nations appeared bigger than them. They appeared stronger than them. They appeared more attractive than them. They appeared more wealthier and culturally more pleasant than they were. They were obsessed with these other nations, so much so that they imitated their idolatry, all the things in the world that continues to persistently tempt and corrupt the world to this day. And so like Israel, America was given a very unique and a very different purpose than all the other Gentile nations before them. Nothing like anything else in the world has ever seen or ever existed that's present in the nation of America. And so in that purpose, so the ideologies of freedom and capitalism was not only for the advancement of the gospel message all over the world, being a very symbolic representation of the kingdom of God, but also for the advancement and the restoration of Israel, which occurred in 1948. That is this nation's purpose, deeply rooted and tied not only to Christianity and the gospel message, but also to Israel itself. And like Israel, the United States has fallen into the very same trap that it once did through idolatry and the adultery, the lust of these other nations and governments. And so this is where we find the context of Ezekiel chapter 16, dealing with Israel's sin and their lust for these other nations, provoking God's anger and jealousy. Now, Ezekiel 16, beginning in verse 9, the Lord says to Israel, I bathed you with water and washed the blood from you and put ointments on you. I clothed you with the embroidered dress and put sandals of fine leather on you. I dressed you in fine linen and covered you with costly garments. I adorned you with jewelry. I put bracelets on your arms and necklace around your neck. And I put a ring on your nose, earrings on your ears, and a beautiful crown on your head. So you were adorned with gold and silver. Your clothes were of fine linen, costly fabric, and embroidered clothes. Your food was honey, olive oil, and the finest flour. You became very beautiful, and you rose to be a queen. And your fame spread among the nations on account of your beauty, because the splendor I have given you made you may the splendor I had given you made your beauty perfect, declares the sovereign Lord. Now you will notice here that there is a parallel. You'll notice it right away. You compare it to in between Israel and the church. That all these things that the Lord has done for Israel, he has also done for the church through his son Jesus. The washing of sin through the blood sacrifice of Jesus on the cross for us, making us white and pure as snow. Now throughout the entire Bible, both the Old and New Testament, you will see both Israel and the church compared to as a wife. Israel, the wife of the Heavenly Father, the church being the bride of the of Christ. So this is extremely important. This is why you see Satan working so hard to infiltrate churches all over the nations, doing the very same exact thing that he has done to Israel and now also through the United States. So picking back up in verse 15, the Lord says to Israel, But you trusted in your beauty and you used your fame to become a prostitute. You lavished your favors on anyone who passed by, and your beauty became his. You 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 took some of your garments to make godly high places or godly high places where you carried your prostitution. You went to him and he possessed your beauty. You also took the fine jewelry I gave you, the jewelry made of my gold and silver, and you made for yourself 
male idols and engaged in prostitution with them. And you took on embroidered clothes to put on them, and you offered my oil and incense before them. All the food I provided for you, the flour, olive oil, and the honey that I gave you to eat, you offered as fragrant incense before them. That is what happened, declares the sovereign Lord. And then you took your sons and your daughters, whom you bore to me, and sacrificed them as food to the idols. Was your prostitution not enough? You slaughtered my children and sacrificed them to the idols and all the detestable practices your prostitution. You did not remember the days of your youth when you were naked and bare, kicking about in your blood. Now we see another parallel that we can also compare to what occurred with Satan in his fall. This is literally the exact same thing that Satan did. Twelve chapters later, Ezekiel 28, 13-17, concerning Satan, the Lord says this, that you were in the garden, you were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone adored you. You were anointed as the guardian cherub, so I ordained you. And you were on the holy mountain of God. You walked among the fiery stones. You were blameless in all of your ways from the day you were created till wickedness was found in you. Through your widespread trade, you were filled with violence and you sinned. So I drove you in disgrace from the mount of God, and I expelled you, guardian cherub, from among the fiery stones. Your heart became proud on account of your beauty, and you corrupted your wisdom because of your splendor. So I threw you to the earth. I made a spectacle of you before kings. Satan corrupted his own wisdom on account of his beauty and his splendor that was meant to serve God as a testament of him throughout all creation. And this is what happened to Israel. On account of their splendor that God gave to Israel, Israel became corrupted by it in arrogance and in pride. So Israel took its splendor and gave it to the other nations in their lust and their zeal for them. So now I'm picking back up verse 23, Ezekiel 16 verse 23, the Lord says to Israel, Woe, woe to you, declares the sovereign Lord. In addition to all your other wickedness, you built a mound for yourself, and you made a lofty shrine in every public square. At every street corner, you built your lofty shrines and degraded your beauty, spreading your legs with increasing promiscuity to anyone who passed by you. You engaged in prostitution for the Egyptians your neighbors with large genitals and aroused my anger with your increasing promiscuity. I gave you over to the greed of your enemies, the daughters of the Philistines who were shocked by your lewd conduct. You engaged in prostitution with the Assyrians too because you were insatiable and even after that you still were not satisfied. Then you increased your promiscuity to include Babylon, a land of merchants, But even with this, you were not satisfied. So I am filled with fury against you, declares the Lord. When you do all these things, acting like a brazen prostitute, when you built your mounds at every street corner and made your lofty shrines in every public square, you you were unlike a prostitute because you scorned payment. Now, when you think of the end times, you think of Babylon as being the great prostitute who caused the nations to commit adultery with it. Revelation 13, this system of adultery is called their idolatry through the worship of the beast, the Antichrist, a system of religion. And today we are already seeing this occurring, this massive perversion that is occurring in the nations and in the church. One of the most greatest examples of this is through the Catholic Church, which many believe is where the false prophet will come from. 
Now, aside from the Catholic Church, we have got things going on with the Methodist Church in their massive move to indoctrinate homosexuality through the ordination of homosexuality in gay pastors. Now, if you take a look at this headline, take a look at this headline from the Daily Wire, how the federal government used evangelical leaders to spread COVID propaganda to churches. So this isn't just concerning Babylon or Israel. This is occurring to the church and also in the United States. A lot of folks know of the four empires in Daniel's prophecy. They are very familiar with Babylon. They're familiar with Rome. But the reality is, is they don't know why these nations were picked as instruments of judgment throughout the Old Testament and into the end times. Here is why. This is the reason. This is what gives us the answers as to what is occurring behind Russia. Verse 32. You adulterous wife, you prefer strangers to your own husband. All prostitutes receive gifts, but you give gifts to all your lovers, bribing them to come to you from everywhere for your illicit favors. Oh, in your prostitution, you are the opposite of others. No one runs after you for your favors. You are the very opposite, and you give payment, and none is given to you. Therefore, prostitute, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says, because... You poured out your lust and exposed your naked body in your promiscuity with your lovers, and because of all your detestable idols, and because you gave them to your children's blood, or because you gave them your children's blood, therefore I am going to gather all of your lovers from with whom you found pleasure, those you loved as well as those you hated. I will gather them against you from all around and will strip you in front of them, and they will see you stark naked. I will sentence you to the punishment of women who commit adultery, who shed blood. I will bring on you the blood vengeance of my wrath and jealous anger. Then I will deliver you into the hands of your lovers, and they will tear down your mouths and destroy your lofty shrines. They will strip you of your clothes and take your fine jewelry. They will bring a mob against you who will stone you and hack you into pieces with their swords. Now, so God is the only one worthy of our absolute complete worship. The Bible tells us that God is love. He is faithful and just. And so he is the only one true, the only true faithful love, and we love only because God first loved us. And so because Israel lusted and loved after these other nations, the Bible specifically mentions Babylon, Assyria, Philistines, and Egypt. The Israel lusted after them long before God brought them against them. And so God would prove to Israel that these nations aren't even worthy of their love. And that these nations are not faithful lovers. So he raised them up and brought them against Israel, and he scattered them across the face of the earth. There is no greater love than the Lord God. He is faithful, faithful alone. He has anointed us, and he has made us different than the world. And so we are not to be like the world. We are not to lust after the world. We are not to be conformed to the social and cultural trends of the world. We are to have nothing to do with these things. God gave us our beauty and our splendor to be an example to the rest of the world, not to give it to them and to worship the world or have the world worship us. Now, unfortunately, our nation and the churches have literally fallen into the very same trap that Satan has set for them. We have preferred strangers over the word of the Lord. Just look at our southern border. 
through Mexico. We have preferred other nations over our very own. We have put them first and have luxuriously given to them without anything in return. Look at what has happened with China and through the trade deals of NAFTA. Look at what has happened with Iran through the horrific Iran negotiations, which was started through the Obama administration. Look at what is occurring with Russia through the energy and oil sector. We have shut down our own pipelines. We've shut down large portions of our oil drilling and exports to rely on other countries like Russia and Saudi Arabia for our own for oil, all in the name of greener energy. We've relied upon China for literally about every single retail good sold here in the United States. We have literally repeated Israel's mistakes. And so just as God raised up Babylon against Israel, God is literally doing the very same exact thing with Russia, China, and Iran. So this thing that is happening with Russia's invasion of Ukraine, it's much greater than Ukraine. This isn't about the Soviet Union. Now, what is occurring here is the pretext of Gog and Magog, and it's directly connected to the sin of Israel and during its exile from the Babylonian Empire. Because if you remember, Israel still has one final set of seven years of captivity to complete, to finish up their judgment and their exile. Now, Ezekiel chapter 25 to 32 deal with God's judgment against the surrounding nations of Ammon, Moab, Egypt, and Lebanon because of their involvement in leading Israel astray and because of their mocking of Israel's judgment. And so if you read those passages, 25 to 32, you discover that God not only scattered Israel, but he also made Egypt desolate for 40 years. He scattered them. He also brought judgment against Ammon, Boab, Lebanon, Cush, Put, and also Assyria. All those nations right there. And so there are all these countries. These are all the countries that are associated in the War of Gog and Magog who join a Russian alliance. This is where it all begins, right here in Ezekiel chapter 16. And if you read thoroughly through those texts, when you get to Ezekiel chapter 28, we briefly just mentioned it earlier, concerning Tyre, the king of Tyre, which was located in Lebanon, right at Israel's northern border, the king of the north. You get a prophecy concerning the Antichrist. And if you look at the description of Tyre, it even fits a very similar, interesting description compared to the United States. So it's all spelled out as clear as daylight right there. Here, it began right here. Up until that very moment, those nations were the world superpowers. They controlled everything. This is why they are no longer the dominant powers in the world today. Though they have influence in the Middle East and in different things, they are nowhere near the power that they once were. And so, if you look at Joel chapter 3, which chapter 3 actually tells us the mind and the heart behind these nations and what's occurring with Russia in Ezekiel 38 concerning the war of Gog and Magog. Listen to what the Lord says in Joel chapter 3. In those days and at that time concerning the end times, when I restored the fortunes of Judah and Jerusalem, that's concerning the West Bank and 
concerning Judah and the house of David. I will gather all the nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat. There I will put them on trial for what they did to my inheritance, my people Israel, because they scattered my people among the nations, divided up my land, they cast lots for my people, traded boys for prostitutes, they sold girls for wine to drink. Now what have you against me, Tyre, and Sidon? In all you regions of Philistia. Okay, this is dealing with Palestine. This is dealing with Lebanon. Are you repaying me for something that I have done? If you are paying me back, I will swiftly and speedily return on your heads what you have done. For you took my silver and my gold, and you carried off my finest treasures to your temples. You sold the people of Judah and Jerusalem to the Greeks, that you might send them far from their homeland. See that I am going to rouse them out of the places to which you sold them, and I will return on your own head what you have done. I will sell your sons and daughters to the people of Judah, and they will sell them to the Sabians, a nation far away. Now the cities of Tyre and Sidon, as I mentioned, are located to the north of Israel in Lebanon, one of the nations that will join Russia in its conquest against Israel. And the Bible says that they have in their hearts, okay, they, it's in their hearts to repay the Lord, to pay him back. This is talking about revenge, a jealousy because of what the Lord did to these nations when they took away their influence and power through Babylon. Now, Ezekiel 38, the Lord says that they will come up with this plan, a scheme in their mind to invade for a purpose of looting and robbing Israel of its wealth. It all stems from greed, from money. But the Lord will use them to reveal his glory to Israel. He'll give them the revelation of grace about Jesus, and they will be saved. And so Russia's intention is based upon revenge. It's based upon anger and jealousy against the prosperity of the West and Israel. The entire world is influenced by those two nations alone. Our currency of the United States is the world's re main reserve currency. Every oil trade transaction is done through our currency, the U.S. dollar, through the use of the petrodollars. And so what's in the middle of Ukraine? Every major oil pipeline that supplies fuel to Europe. Now, once Putin gets his hands on Ukraine, he will use it to leverage the economy to prosper. Or he'll leverage it, leverage the world's economy to prosper his own nation. And he'll try to shift powers and influence to Russia. And he's not alone. As I revealed in last September, last September 26, I showed you guys some major headlines concerning this major military alliance between many nations, including Russia and China. As I revealed last September, September 26 of 2021, I showed you guys some major headlines concerning these major military alliances between many nations, including Russia and China. Now, if you did not watch or listen to that episode, I'll make sure to include it in the links below. That episode is called A Prophetic Warning Concerning Russia, China, and the Middle East. And it points out when the U.S. pulled out of Afghanistan and the Middle East, it created this huge vacuum where China and Russia were able to move in and take control of that region, creating something similar to what happened during the first two world wars. This is gearing up to be World War III. Now, August 10th, August 10th, 2021, a headline from Reuters reads, Russia, China hold large joint military drills. 
Russia and China are holding a large-scale joint military exercise in north-central China involving more than 10,000 troops, Russia's defense military said on Tuesday. Now look at this article published by the Daily Mail June 13th of 2021. Putin's show of strength to Biden. Russian forces hunt enemy submarine and largest naval exercises in the Pacific since the end of the Cold War before meeting with U.S. President next week. Russian President Vladimir Putin has put on a show of force with the largest naval exercise in the Pacific Ocean since the end of the Cold War ahead of a meeting with the U.S. President next week. At least 20 ships, submarines, and support vessels flanked by 20 fighter jets took part in a large-scale war games. Now lastly, look at this headline, also from the Daily Mail, September 10th, 2021, which reads, All-out war with Russia is a possibility. Ukraine warns as Putin and Belarus alarm NATO with huge war games featuring 200,000 troops months after military buildup on Ukraine's border. Okay, that was this past September. What is it? Six months later now? That was set six months ago, September 10th. So in addition to Russia, China, and Belarus, the nations of Armenia, India, Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, and Mongolia have participated in joint military and naval exercises. So Russia is definitely not alone. They're not acting alone. These nations are not only preparing for war, but they are preparing to take over world dominance, the world economy, and the world's influence. So the only way for these nations to take over the world power is to take down the United States economy, to target the nation's finances, banking institutions, its infrastructure, and energy sectors, and cut off supply routes. Now, I don't mean to scare anybody, and I'm not trying to frighten anybody at all. I'm not a doomsdayer type of uh, teacher. But, folks, the Lord God is indeed using these nations against the United States, the very same way how he used Babylon against Israel. And I believe, okay, when things really start happening, these nations are going to target and attack our nation's northeast coast. New York City and Washington, D.C. They're going to target us through cyber attacks like what they did through the Colonial Pipeline. They're going to shut down a lot of things in our economy. And I don't believe that this event, what's going to happen, I don't believe that this is the War of Gog and Magog. But what I do believe is this sets up the pretext for it. And it places Russia in a much greater influence over the nations. And so I believe this thing that's happening it's happening because of the corruption that has occurred in the nations, governments, and throughout the church, including much of much of Europe. The Lord revealed to me actually through three visions, three different days back in May of 2021. He revealed to me that war was coming to England, war was coming to France, and also to the United States. I'll also make sure to include those links in this message. That was back in May of last year. So I believe it's coming. There's no doubt about it in my mind. But the Lord has also revealed to me that revival is coming also. Just as the Lord promised to restore Israel. I believe as prophesied according to Joel 2 and 3, there is coming a revival to push uh, a last revival push and outpouring of the Holy Spirit through the church and right here in the nation like what occurred prior to the Revolutionary War. I believe that this will be a true, real, lasting revival, and it will fundamentally shape this nation 
back into repentance to the Lord. Now, I don't believe this nation is going to be completely destroyed, but I do believe that some of the most wicked parts of this nation will be completely destroyed. So we need to be in greater prayer over those that are listening and paying attention for the Lord to prepare hearts and minds to increase faith, to increase obedience in Him, and for a great harvest. There are incredible things happening that will become that are coming, including some of the most profound prophecies and revelations. Now, before I conclude this message, I also want to share with you guys one final piece of prophecy with you guys concerning God's faithfulness and its mission also here in Ezekiel. Now, did you guys know that when God prophesied the restoration of Israel, he also prophesied the restoration of Sodom? The Lord said that he would restore the fortunes of Sodom before he would restore Israel because the sins of Sodom were more tolerable than the sins of Israel at its time of its exile. Ezekiel 16, 53-55, the Lord says, However, I will restore the fortunes of Sodom and her daughters and of Samaria and her daughters and your fortunes along with them so that they may bear your disgrace and be ashamed of of all you have done and giving them comfort and your sister Sodom with her daughters and Samaria with her daughters will return to what they were before and you and your daughters will return to what you were before. So there are two very profound implications of this prophecy. Both were fulfilled. Now the descendants of Sodom dwelt in the northern part of land belonging to Moab, Adam, and Ammon. Now today that area is known as Jordan. Now, there were also, those countries were also exiled, and they were destroyed along with Israel through the Babylonian conquest through King Nebuchadnezzar. Jordan became a nation May 25th, 1946, two years before Israel would become a nation, May 14, 1948, literally fulfilling Ezekiel's prophecy. Now, the other implication refers to the end times at the restoration of Judah and the house of David. David, according to Zechariah 12 and Joel 2 and 3, the city of Jerusalem, which is the area known today as the West Bank. Now, at the time of Israel's reestablishment in 1948, Jordan and Egypt remained in control over Jerusalem until the 1967 Six-Day War when Israel recaptured Jerusalem. Now, despite Israel's winning of the 1967 Six-Day War, Jerusalem was not yet recognized internationally as the capital of Israel, at least not until recently through the United States moving of its embassy to Jerusalem, May 14, 2018. Now, June 26, 2015, three years prior to that, gay marriage became nationally legal in the U.S. through the Supreme Court ruling of Urbagefell and Hodges, which fulfilled the second part of Ezekiel's prophecy concerning Sodom, and it's reached its influence all over the world. So this incredible prophetic fulfillment serves as a sign and a reminder that Romans 8.28, that although wickedness appears to be prospering, they only do so under the sovereignty and the discretion of the Lord who is truthfully uses all things to work for the good of those who loves Christ Jesus. So no matter what evil is happening, we can know that there is a cause, a reason behind it, that truthfully everything always points to Jesus. So we cannot lose hope. We cannot become discouraged with what we see. and what We need to be led 
through this by the Lord and through His Holy Spirit and with love. So as always, guys, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please get in touch with me. This concludes this podcast message. I am Brandon Dawson with the Tribal Christians. Keep fighting the good fight of faith. Keep running the race. Don't give up and stay encouraged.